0: We're listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. How are we doing today? I hope you're all doing very well out there. I have an amazing episode for you. So let's look back at what we've been discussing. So we have had an opportunity to dive into our energy work uh, back in episode 196. I introduced the soup metaphor in 197 that I love and adore. Um, I also brought in 204, the most recent one, about the ego and the unconscious. And I definitely took that kitchen metaphor to the next level. I discussed with you guys uh, my mom back in episode 200. Uh, obviously, we got into some really great stuff when we brought in Linda Shively to talk about dragons um, after MasterPrac in 202, how much I love being sober and nonviolent communication in 203, and that leads us into today's episode, which is Automatic Negative Thoughts, and we covered this back in... I want to say episode 87 is where we originally discussed automatic negative thoughts. And knowing that for many of you, you're not necessarily going back and re-listening to some of these old episodes, which I like to call the archive, I figured it's about time we bring it back. Because so much of what we unconsciously say to ourselves becomes our conscious thoughts. And these unconscious thoughts... They are being triggered by something. Now, last week we discovered how the ego is the sous-chef for the unconscious mind, and it is feeding the unconscious mind what the unconscious mind wants. And because we have this unconscious mind that can take in all the data, it can take it all in. It's a repository for everything that we have ever experienced in our entire lives. When automatic negative thoughts pop in, they are often going to be anchored into our past who we were. And we've discussed this, who you were is not who you are mentality. right? What you used to do in active addiction, what you used to do back in the day, it does not necessitate who you are today. Now, this has been discussed many times in many different places about how your past actions can be a good indication of your present and future accomplishments, your ability to make things happen for yourself. I don't believe that your past is a very good indication of what you can achieve today and tomorrow moving forward. I just don't. I don't because I know what it was like to step into sobriety and recovery and immediately decide that I was going to start to rewrite everything about myself. And I was going to dive into self-reflection and self-awareness and my emotional intelligence and begin to heal myself. One of the issues we can have with our automatic negative thoughts is that we will begin to measure um, ourselves against either our old self, right? So your current self is going to measure itself against your old self. Doesn't just that sound like it's problem-oriented right away? I am going to measure who I am today on March 19th of 2023. I am going to measure myself off of that. And now I am going to decide what I'm able to achieve moving forward. Doesn't that just sound like there's going to be some issues there? Who I am today is not who I was yesterday, let alone who I was five years ago, let alone who I was 25 years ago. So measuring myself based off what I've done in the past is already going to create some mental gymnastics to even be able to say that and honestly, truly believe it. Because there's going to be a part of your mind that's like, wait, 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 I have learned a lot. I have done many things since I was 18 years old and first found liquor and first found drugs. Now, let's all talk, talk about how we measure ourselves against others. Now, that is, there's problems all over the place with that. That, that's just, we have no idea what somebody else has had happen in their lives that have led them to become the person that we are currently seeing in front of us, hearing in front of us, however that might be playing out on the television. We have no idea. Social media, no idea. They can tell us as much as they, they can tell us, but remember, remember, the unconscious mind is a repository for everything, not the conscious mind. Conscious mind is going to remember whatever it can remember, and most of the times we're talking about like seven things plus or minus two. So it's not like your conscious mind is just sitting there with all of the data waiting to be able to answer your questions. The subconscious mind, the closet in this entire scenario, yes, the conscious mind can go into the closet, look through the rack, find the right thing, pull it out, and say, here you go. Again, though, it is only going to remember it as well as it can be remembered by the conscious and the subconscious mind. The unconscious mind is where all the data went to. You only get 126 bits out of 2.3 million every single second. So what are the odds that the conscious and subconscious mind are even going to nearly be able to equate what the unconscious mind is holding on to? This is why it's so important to realize that your pace is your pace and no one else's. That you can always look back at something and say, I could have done it better. And that's a really great place for a universal quantifier, the word always right there. You can Even Picasso probably could go back and say, yeah, I could have done a little bit more right there. Michelangelo looks at the Sistine Chapel and been like, yeah, I could have done a little bit better right there. Something that we look at like, oh, 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 is something that somebody else looks at and goes, yeah, not my best work. This is that saying I've used multiple times, one person's I never want to see you again is another person's I've been looking for you everywhere. One man's trash is another man's treasure. All subjective perspective, but all a judgment-based conversation that's occurring inside our own minds. And knowing what we've discussed about hedonistic adaptation, that the human brain is going to get used to anything— When we look back at, oh my goodness, I can't possibly understand why I stayed in addiction for 22 years. It's because of hedonistic adaptation. My brain got used to the chaos. My brain got used to the lack of impulse control. My brain got used to the instant gratification. I can have automatic negative thoughts about who I was from 18 to 40. Absolutely. I can. I still do. It's whether I choose to hold tight to those automatic negative thoughts or not. Life is 50-50. There's an ebb and flow. This concern I have about those of us out there still working through our emotional intelligence, which is the entire human population, so my concern is for the entire world, is that we at times are not enjoying our highs for the fear of the impending low. Now, last weekend I went to the fair at in, in, over there in the town of Madison, and it's at the Trash Pandas Baseball Stadium. And there was this thing I'm calling the Trebuchet. I don't really know the name of it, but that's what I'm calling it. And if you can picture a Trebuchet, back in the day, there was this weapon that people used to siege onto castles where it was this long arm that would fring, that would fring, 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 fring. It would fling big, huge boulders towards castles. And it had a counterweight on the other end of it. So it would just launch these huge boulders at castles. And if you could do this long enough, you could eventually tear down a wall. Well, this apparatus I got myself on very much had that Counterweight kind of thing happening with it, and you put you put yourself in this chair, you buckle into it, and then it just whips you around in a circle for three to four minutes, forwards and then backwards, and it was it was a trip. I, I the first thirty seconds, I was deathly afraid that the harness was going to let me out, and I was going to plummet to my death. And then once I realized that no carnival manufacturer would make a ride where, you know, there's a very good potential of death for anybody who rides it. I was like, okie dokie, I'm going to live. Let's settle into this. I laughed so hard. I, I was like, I remember yelling as I was on it, every single human being on this planet should experience this sensation that I'm experiencing right now. It was amazing. It was amazing. Now, my old Jesse wouldn't have allowed myself to enjoy it as much as I did because there would have been that, well, I'm enjoying this now, but in four minutes I'm going to be back on the ground and things won't be as exciting. But I really stepped into that moment. I said, you know what? I want to experience this for all of the wonders and pleasures that it is. Let go of the automatic negative thought that this harness is going to release and I'm going to plummet 250 feet to my death. I mean, Was there the potential for that? I'm sure, just as much as there's a potential for anything that you strap yourself into and whips you around in a way that humans were not necessarily meant to be whipped around in. But again, ride had been operating all day and for the whole week, and nobody got flinged off of it. So why was I going to be the first one? Let's just enjoy it. And this is just a small microcosm of the different times in our lives that automatic negative thoughts can come in. It generally will stem from labeling, judging, blaming, complaining, making excuses, all of the things that we have discussed that show a lack of personal responsibility. When we are having automatic negative thoughts about ourselves, these automatic negative thoughts are going to be stemmed in something, and it could be from our traumas. Right? Traumas are just traumatic moments that we spiraled on long enough that they became deeply ingrained into our being. They became our I am statements. Automatic negative thoughts will tend to be seeping, will have will have lynched themselves into our identity statements. I am I am a bad partner, I am a bad student, I am a bad teacher, I'm a bad parent, I'm a bad podcaster, I'm a bad whatever. The automatic negative thoughts will tend to be just dripping full of identity level statements. And we've said this before, but I'll say it again. Your traumas are not your fault, but they are your responsibility to heal. I once got an Instagram message from somebody saying that that was a very triggering statement and I shouldn't say it anymore. I'm not going to mute myself based off what I am concerned other people might find as triggering statements. If I did that, I would never have launched a podcast. Because anything that I am possibly saying right now could trigger you to back to an old memory that you now are reliving inside your own head. And that's that's your choice. That's your automatic response to something that I've said. It is not everybody else's reality. It is definitely yours. All right? So I responded back to the person like, if I was cons- constantly worried about saying something that might trigger people, I would never have launched this show. I have got to just say what I'm going to say and allow it to be heard by whoever wants to hear it. Now that person... They never did respond. And are they still a listener? I will never know. But to each his own. I can't control what they are experiencing. I can't control their automatic negative thoughts. I am in control of my mind. Therefore, I am in control of my results. You are in control of your mind. Therefore, you are in control of your results. Remember right now, you were who you were then. And who are you now? You could be happy and look at the way that you've increased your amazingness in life since you got sober, or you can be sad and bummed out that you might be missing out on something because you're not able to go out with all your old crew and get hammered and waking up feeling like shit, less money in your bank account and a splitting headache. You can choose whichever one of those you want, just as long as you realize it is a choice. This idea about constant growth and whether it's healthy or not Look, you're growing whether you're aware of it or not. When automatic negative thoughts pop in trying to hold you back to the version of yourself you used to be, you can in that moment seek to ask yourself, where is this no longer true? Where can I disprove this now? Or where have I disproven it then? Growth is happening whether you realize it or not. It's like the tree. Trees in the forest are growing. They're growing towards sunshine. They're putting their roots deeper into the ground in order to be able to gather more water. They're, they're growing upward in order to get more sun. So they're growing deeper in the water, into the ground to get the water, and then they're going up higher to get the sun. So they're growing in both directions. And for a tree to grow extremely tall, it needs to have a very deep root structure. Oftentimes, way longer if you were to stretch out all the roots than the actual tree really is. If you see a humongous tree, the roots underneath the ground are just as thick, just as long, just as they're vibrant. They they have to be. Those redwood trees that are 300 feet tall are going to have to have roots that can support them when a storm comes. Tree's not silly. It realizes its foundation is what allows it to grow to the heavens. Now where I want to take this tree metaphor now is we've all been walking around the woods and seen some random limb that's very big and it is in the most odd shape ever right it might grow straight out and then straight up or it's just it's all over the place realize that that limb was once a tiny little twig and it was growing towards sunshine that's it was its number one goal grow towards sunshine or don't grow at all and if some human doesn't come in and lop off some of those weird branches as they start to grow. Eventually, you get these huge branches that are grown extremely awkwardly. They're in the most oddly shape ever, and they cannot handle their own weight. When storms come blowing through, inevitably, those are the branches that are going to get ripped off the tree because they can no longer stabilize themselves to the trunk. It was growing for sunshine. The tree is not mindful of saying, hey, long term, 30 years from now, this branch is going to be in a very precarious situation. And there's a very good chance that it's going to get ripped off of me. But hey, you know what? What am I supposed to do about it? I'm a tree. Tree, I grow towards sunshine. We are not trees. (laughs) We are humans. We can dictate where we grow. We can choose to be mindful of allowing ourselves to grow towards that which benefits us and the ones we love and our community and environment as a whole, being knowledgeable of not just going for the short-term gain. It's a short-term gain that causes that little twig to turn into a branch that turns into a limb that has grown extremely awkwardly that can no longer handle its own weight because it is not thinking about its foundation as it grows. It's thinking about the sunshine. Right? That's like, that sounds like Attic 101. We were not thinking about how we were moving our lives forward. We just were growing as fast as we could towards our addictive substance of choice. That's the tree. I'm growing as fast as I possibly can towards my addictive substance of choice. That is sunshine. Must have sunshine. Mm, give me the sunshine. I will grow however I got to grow to get to the sunshine. And this is what we did for years and years and years in our addiction we grew as fast as we could towards our version of sunshine. For me, it was liquor, it was cocaine, it was LSD, it was all that stuff. You have your own version, but whatever it was, you were hell bent on getting to it. Now we're sober. Now we're doing things more mindfully. Now we say, okay, short-term gain might be instant gratification today, but long-term, where is that branch growing? is it unstable? Will it no longer be able to have a strong foundation a year, two, three from now, if I'm not mindful of how I'm allowing that branch to grow today? And again, in the, now we're switching the metaphor, just to be clear, now we're the tree. Where are those branches growing? And when automatic negative thoughts pop in, that is our mind trying to tell us we are not worthy of something or something about us isn't good enough that we are just an average, everyday old person. We should just shut the hell up and just take what life gives us. And I'm not into toxic positivity and toxic growth. I don't even like those sayings at all, but I won't just hide from them knowing that some of you might actually subscribe to them. I'm not into the toxic positivity and the toxic growth. I am into mindfulness and self-awareness about what is it I'm doing today that will grow me towards my meant to be in the future. The tree branch can only grow so much in a given day, but if it's not thinking about what that branch and that limb might turn into 30 years from now, that's how it's getting ripped off during the storm. We created a massive storm in our life. Our limbs were getting ripped off right and left, and we were left just a shell of ourselves, and that's when we walked into sobriety and recovery. And sure, for some of us, it may have been super easy at the beginning and then gotten more difficult. For others, it may have been super difficult in the beginning and then gotten more easy and the infinite variables in between. Automatic negative thoughts is a part of you saying, I'm not worthy. They come from your mind deciding for you what it thinks that's happened in the past or will happen in the future should dictate your decision-making now well, I'm not attractive enough to put on this really cool outfit and go out on a date night. Or I haven't worked hard enough to be able to justify enjoying this ice cream. Or I haven't read enough books in order to justify going out there and taking that test and getting that certification or getting up in front of people and teaching them. I cannot tell you how many times... And. It happens less now only because I've stopped talking to the people who have said it to me. I'm just like, okay, clearly you want to live with Jesse from the past. I am now Jesse from the future. And you know what? It is whatever it is. Maybe we just don't talk as much. But back in the day when I first got sober and got into neuro-linguistic programming, and would call up some friends and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to become a sobriety coach. I think I'm going to get into life coaching. I think I'm actually going to start coaching people on how to be better in their lives because I've been reading all this stuff. It's really super amazing. My life is getting infinitely better. I can't believe I was blind to this for so long. I think I want to help other people see it. And I would hear this question in many different variations, but it all basically came down to this one sentence I'm getting ready to say to you. And the sentence was, what makes you think you have the right to do that? What makes you think you have the right to do that? As if being a coach or being anything in life that you, that you seek to attain is some sort of right. It is an earned, it is absolutely an earned place in life. Right? Well, what makes, what makes somebody who thinks that they studied for eight years in college uh, think that they have the right to be a doctor? You know, you studied a bunch of stuff, you took a bunch of tests, but do you really have the right? Like, what makes you qualified? That's really what the question was asking. Well, what makes you qualified? I don't know. My 22 years of lived experience in the depths of shit and coming out of it and being like, wait, I think there's a better way to do this. I think I'll start implementing it today. What, do I need to you know write out on a piece of paper my 10,000 things that I think I have done for myself since I got sober? Like, when somebody asks a question like that of me or of you... They're not doing it to learn more about me. They're not saying, oh, please, I am absolutely convinced that you are qualified to do this. It's coming out in a confrontational manner because there's a part of them that just says, I don't think you are even anywhere near qualified to do this. I think, in fact, you are completely asinine for even thinking to take this on. And that's somebody else's automatic negative thought about me or themselves. And that's the thing. It says more about them that they would ask that question than it ever says about me. Whatever they've got going on in their head, whether it's an automatic negative thought of me, an automatic negative thought of them, like, well, you know, I think my life is just fine. And, you know, I don't see why you got to be so hell-bent on helping other people. You know, that's just common sense. They should just be able to pull their own head out of their ass. And I'm like, you know what? There is an entire freaking, you know what? I was getting ready to say there's an entire population of people who clearly shown that they need some outside assistance in order to all the way up their life. But even as I was getting ready to say that sentence, I realized there is not a human on this planet that does not at some point go up to somebody else, friend, foe, whatever, and ask them their advice on something that they want to achieve. We are a human species that that yearns for connection. So when we go to have this connection with other people, right, and then it's an our automatic negative thought pops in or their automatic negative thought pops in that says, you aren't qualified to do this. What makes you think you're worthy of having a good life? For 22 years, you drank yourself into the ground, you treated people like shit, you lied, you were deceitful, and now all of a sudden you think you're just gonna be able to wash your hands of your past and be this brand new person? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I do. And yeah, there's some amends to be made, and there's some forgiveness to ask for, but overall, who I was is not who I am today, nor who am I meant to be in the future. Automatic negative thoughts are doing us no good in as much as they're trying to convince us that who we were then is exactly who we're gonna be moving forward in Adventum. In in Adventum? I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but I said it anyways. In episode 190, we talked about there is no failure, only feedback. The whole good, grow, great. This is extremely important when we start to bring automatic negative thoughts into our brains today, right? Well, okay. So I have a, let's say one of my automatic negative thoughts recently was, you know, um, I'm not a good coach, I left a coaching session. The person didn't have the breakthrough I was hoping for in that moment. Just felt like we did a lot of work, and I didn't really see the payoff at the end of it for them. Didn't matter what I thought I saw. I just wasn't sure that they had that epiphany, that aha moment. Even though at the end of the session, they are like, I cannot believe I just realized this. Like, that, what an epiphany, what an aha moment. They literally said the sentence I was listening for, and I was just so in my mind thinking, you know what? I don't, I don't think I was able to get them where I thought I could get them to. And again, that's an expectation-driven comment. I wanted them one place, right? But any places, any, any one step forward is better than where they were at before the session started. Any aha moment. This is that good, grow, great. Now, what's hilarious is that two days later, they send an amazing email being like, I cannot believe how much has changed because of what we talked about. And then they started listing off all the things. And I was just like, well, my goodness, they were totally listening. And actually, that totally worked. But there's an automatic negative thought driver in me that wants to tell myself that I'm not good at the things that I do. And I've got thousands of hours under my belt, but there's still that little voice inside me that's not mine. It's my dad's saying, you're not good enough, right? You prove how good of a man you are based off the money you make. You prove how good of a man you are based off of, you know, the uh, amount of uh, money in your bank account. It was all money, 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 money driven. My mom's voice says, you can prove your worth to humanity based off of the amount of people you have helped. And uh, and she used to even tell me, she's like, Jesse, the best thing about helping people is you won't even realize how many people pass that one person you've helped just because of what you did for one other person. And that's true. Someone out there listens to my words about communication, says, you know what? No more automatic negative thoughts. I'm going to walk up to my partner. I'm going to walk up to my spouse and say, hey, this is what's going on in me right now. Can we talk about it? They go off in their little conversation corner, their little anchoring point. So they're not arguing in random places. They have a deep, meaningful conversation. They choose to make actionable changes in their relationship and in their home. And next thing you know, the abundance starts to come in because now they communicate better. I would, first of all, I don't even know who that listener is alone what's achieved in their life. So I have no idea that I've helped them. Basing my self-worth off of what I believe somebody else is achieving because of what they've heard me say is a fool's errand because I won't ever really know because their unconscious mind may not even be alerting their conscious mind to how much what they have learned has really changed in their lives because automatic negative thoughts will creep in, challenging that person, saying, you haven't changed, you haven't gotten better. You're still doing this, 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 and this. This is where we need to bring the conscious and the subconscious in together to have a conversation that says, sure, I might still be doing this, this, and this, and I, and I absolutely want to change those things. But what about this, that, and the other that I've already been actionably working on? Driving myself harder, 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 harder. And not stopping and taking a breath and and reflecting upon the things that I've changed is absolutely detrimental to my mental health, let alone my sobriety and recovery. When you're deciding when and where you're growing, you really want to be mindful of what the voice is telling you that you're not enough and asking yourself, whose voice is that really? When was that voice instilled in you? Where can you now take charge of the voices in your head? And we're not talking about schizophrenia type stuff here. I think you've listened to me long enough to realize that uh, that we've got hundreds, if not thousands of voices in our head. Now, because of social media, we can have even more. Before it was keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with a sibling, keeping up with your parents or your grandparents. It was just keeping up with people in your vicinity. Now I can feel like a piece of shit because of a life that somebody in Ecuador is living. I can feel like crap because the entire world is on the internet telling me that their life is amazing. And we know that social media is just a snapshot of whatever image that people want to release about themselves. So even that isn't true. So we're now building automatic negative thoughts about somebody else's picture-perfect moment. (laughs) You know how many times I have looked back at some pictures of me and my friends or with an ex-girlfriend, You know, because those things are all on the computer, and I'll be going through them looking for old drunk pictures of Jesse, and I'll see a particular picture, and I'll be like, wow, in this picture, what was happening behind the scenes was not the smiling faces you are seeing right now. How many of y'all have a picture like that, where it's like you were in a huge argument with someone, and then you stopped to take a picture in front of something cool while you are on that trip, and then you got the picture, everyone all smiles, and then as soon as the camera's put it down, it's like, I'd ah, fuck you again. <laughs> it's like it wasn't even real, right? But we all have that opportunity to stop, smile, and make everything look all amazing. So where can you now take charge of the voices in your head who are trying to tell you that something negative about yourself? You are not stuck. You have been standing still in certain areas of your life. If that's what your automatic negative thoughts are saying, you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, you aren't stuck. Perhaps you've just been standing still. And in many cases, that standing still is just giving you an opportunity to evaluate the next step forward. How long are you going to stand there is the question. Not starting because you can't be great right out of the gate isn't going to benefit you at all. Nobody ever picked up a golf club or a guitar, jumped in a swimming pool or picked up a spatula and immediately was the most amazing cook or the most amazing swimmer, the most amazing guitar player, the most amazing golfer. That's just not the way that it works out. There's a learning process here. It is extremely important that we are monitoring these automatic negative thoughts. And so what are we going to do about that? Now, back in episode 87, I introduced the Abra method, which was something that Jim Quick had taught me. And we're going to go over that a little bit, but I've sort of changed it up since then, right? Because Abra, it's like, Abra, Abra, Kadabra, I want to reach out and stab ya. Is that what the, is that how the song went? Abra, Abra, Kadabra, I want to reach out and stab ya. There is no way that song was about stabbing someone. Maybe it's, I want to reach out and grab you. I want to reach out and grab you. I'm going to go with grab because stab just seems a <laughs> little, A little bit weird. Let's talk about Abra. Now, this technique came up when we were doing this show back in 87, but I've got a few more newer ideas around it, so we're going to go back into it. So A of the Abra, acknowledging the automatic negative thought. We want to acknowledge the automatic negative thought. Now, why is this so important? When you want to be happier, killing the ants is important. We need to be looking for the developing of a positive and hopeful thoughts that will show us, you know, our mind and our body, that we're moving toward the good, the things that we actually want to achieve. Now, the article that originally spawned this entire thing talks about identifying what strain of ants we have going through our mind. And these can be mind reading, blaming, complaining, making excuses, labeling, guilt, fortune-telling. Let's not forget about judgments, shame, anger, self-doubt. My favorites, judgments and self-doubt, hands down. I want to judge myself, my abilities. I want to doubt my abilities. And the reason why these automatic negative thoughts don't serve me is because there's so many ways that I can disprove them. But the natural inclination by the unconscious mind wants to keep us safe, all right? It wants to keep us safe. And it's being fed by the ego. Ego's biggest fear is fear, right? It doesn't want fear. Ego doesn't want to be knocked down a peg or two. Doesn't want to have to feel negative emotions, it doesn't do the ego any good. Ego wants you to feel good about yourself. Now, you, oddly enough, oddly enough, you can actually talk shit to yourself and actually go at your ego that way and actually be feeding the ego. The ego might actually get off on feeling bad about itself because now the secondary gain, and this is an important term, secondary gain comes from doing something that's no longer serving you, but there is actually a, a gain that comes in on the back end there is a secondary gain. A lot of times people will hold on to like sadness and depression well past the time when they actually were having the feelings of sadness and depression because of the connection that it evoked with their loved ones or the significance they had in their loved ones um, lives because then they would call them up and be concerned and want to know more information and want to be there for them. So we got to be really mindful of the secondary gain that we can gain from holding on to these things that are no longer serving us. And the ego gets off on the significance and the, and the consistency and the knowledge that people will be there for it, even though it's no longer actually serving its life. So don't get fooled. You can beat yourself up and still be feeding the ego. That's the, that's the bumper sticker of the whole thing. You can beat yourself up and still be feeding your ego. So what is the ego feeding the unconscious mind? what is the unconscious mind trying to protect you from? Why would this automatic negative thought be popping up? What about this thing that you're telling yourself and you're believing to be true is trying to protect you from something? It's extremely important that we acknowledge the automatic negative thought and ask ourselves, where is it rooted? Why is it showing up? What could possibly be the point of this automatic negative thought? Because that which you resist persists. If you try to push the negative thought away and decide, no, that's not true. Let's just change the subject. Let's just move away. That thought's still there. It's like dangling you over a bottomless pit. If you go to reach for it and you launch yourself off of the edge, now you're just falling deeper into it. So we want to be mindful to acknowledge it, but also not to give into it so much that we begin to believe it. That's that launching ourselves off the pit. We want to acknowledge it. I see the automatic negative thought there. The B in ABRA stands for breathing. Breathing helps us relax and focus. When we get ourselves jacked up full of stress and anxiety and these negative emotions, these undesirable emotions, we get ourselves into a state of fight or flight. The body's natural kinesthetic response to this is going to be to increase our heart rate to prepare us for the fighting or the flighting. The deep breath can pattern interrupt you out of that. We want to get ourselves back into a more calm state. There are, o- there are no unresourceful people. There are unresourceful emotional states. When you have yourself in a panic, in a tizzy, full of anxiety and stress, you are in an unresourceful state. Now, I get it. Some people are like, but Jesse, you know, when you get yourself, let's say, in you know your car, barrel rolls over and ends up in a river. That's a great time to have a ton of emotional stress and, and, and a, be in an emotional state of, of panic so that you can get yourself out of that situation. And I'm not going to sit here and try to argue the infinite ways that that statement is incorrect. <laughs> but I will tell you that knowing a lot of military people, they train themselves the way they train themselves so that they can be calm in the face of peril in the face of impending death, in in, in the face of an enemy shooting back at them. Now we cannot practice for finding ourselves in a, uh, a river with our car overturned, but we can practice at calming ourselves down when our natural reflex will be to speed ourselves up. And you can do this throughout your normal days by taking deep breaths when the anxiety and the stress come in. And then The R is releasing the negative thought. Now, how are we going to release it? Some people would say you could just breathe it out. Some people would say that you can discover the root cause of it. Imagine this thought releasing out of your body as you breathe is a great thing to focus on. It will help you release some of that tension. I also believe that the releasing comes from figuring out the root of this automatic negative thought. Figuring out what is somewhere in my life where this is not true. Anything can work. Because this this is the thing about thoughts. Just because we think them doesn't make them true. We have 50,000 thoughts a day. Not all of them are true. It's easy to let go of the ones that are based in just complete fallacy, that are just completely made up. I could have a thought like, "Ah, I'm totally acting like 18-year-old Jesse right now. Well, That's not necessarily true because I'm 47-year-old Jesse, so I might be a 47-year-old Jesse acting like 18-year-old Jesse, but I'm not completely acting like my version back then because I'm no longer that version of me back then. So it's easy to release something like that because that's just silly. I know that I'm not absolutely positively behaving like 17, 18-year-old Jesse right now because I absolutely can remember what that version of me would have done. So those, some of those are easy. You could have a thought like, oh, I'm such an 11-year-old. Well, that's an easy one to release because I'm not 11 years old anymore. I'm 47. In fact, technically, I'm 46. I'm going to be 47, but I've already acquiesced into the whole aging process. So I actually am extremely excited for my birthday in June. So I'm already saying I'm 47. Not the point. The point is, where can I locate a pl- time and place where that automatic negative thought is not true? Automatic negative thoughts are going to attach to our identity statements. I am something. I am this. That's what most negative thoughts are going to come out as. Not maybe the first time we say it to ourselves, oh, it's just so stupid, but I'm stupid. I am lazy. I am unworthy. It's going to come out. Even if the first time you say this automatic negative thought to yourself, if you don't hear the I am statement, fine, I'm telling you, take that, st- that statement you just made and I guarantee you, one level below it is the identity level statement. These I am statements attach to our identity, and then we start to spiral on them. And you've been doing it for years during your active addiction. You're not going to snap your way out of this overnight. It's going to be a con- constant uh, approach to these negative thoughts as something that is no longer true. We can switch them to automatic positive thoughts by aligning, and that's the A and Abra, aligning ourselves back to a truth. Where is this no longer true? Or where am I already working on this and I now can notice that improvement forward, right? It's the abracadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. I want to reach out and grab you and shake you and say it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Automatic negative thoughts are not true. Even if there is 1% that you can say, well, that part is true. Okay. It's true in this moment, perhaps, but is it really positively 100% true? And this is where we find ourselves many times is just believing it to be outright true. And it's not. Ask yourself if the ant is true and we'll then say, where is it not true? Because it can be true and not true at the same time. And this is something that we teach in the neuro-linguistic programming class that Aubrey and I teach. Um, You can remember her from like, I don't remember what episode that was, like 187 or something like that. Um, You can go back and you can hear that all over again. And you can remind yourself that when we talk about things being true and not true, they, they absolutely can be. Like, that's a reality that we live in, that something can be true, and it can also not be true, that not everything that we think is absolutely something that we should attach ourselves to. I know it can seem a little cloudy, and I want to say it was episode 187. I'm not positive. Go back and look for the Aubrey episode. It's somewhere in that late 180, early 190 range, and learn that something can be true and not true. I can feel like a failure in the moment, but also not be a failure in the moment. I can feel like I'm not working hard enough and also be working hard enough. It's part of the journey. It's like you could be climbing up the mountain and be like mad at yourself for not being further along, but also happy with yourself for not being further back. Both can be true. The key here is just attaching ourselves to the idea that we are working towards something here. Ask yourself if it's possible if it's just possible that it's not true, because there is a possibility that what you're saying to yourself is not true. If you're, if you're stuck in the no, Jesse, this is a real, real thought that's absolutely true. Just ask yourself, is it possible to be absolutely untrue? Ask yourself how you react when you think about this thought. If it's sending you into a state of stress and anxiety, what is the secondary gain from that? Back in my college days, I would not start working on a project till it was damn near due and then, because I had all that stress and anxiety, I had like hyper focus on completing the project. No way I got as good of a grade, even if I got an A no way I got as good of a grade as I would have been able to achieve had I put more time into it that A may have been the external Proof that somebody thought that work was good, but internally I knew that that work was not my best. So even though I got an external grade that said you did well, I did not believe that I actually did do well. So when you, how do you react when you have this negative thought? Is it through stress and anxiety? And what's the secondary gain of having that stress and anxiety? Is it to push you to get back on the exercise bike the next day? Push you to open up the big book? Push you to go to the next meeting? Push you to have that tough conversation? I'm not a huge fan of away energy. We've discussed away, away energy, like going, I want to have a job to make money. Away energy would say, so I'm not eating out of a garbage can with raccoons living in a van down by a river. Toward energy would be so I can be financially stable and uh, be able to go on a really cool vacation this summer. That's toward away energy. I use a lot of away energy when it comes to myself. Not necessarily every layer of why I'm doing something is, is, is based in that away energy, but certainly level one might be, oh, I get to work on a Sunday afternoon. Why? Because I've got a lot coming up that I don't want to fall behind, right? That fear of falling behind has me working on a Sunday afternoon. Is that necessarily the best energy? It's working for me now. And in the future, if away energy is no longer working for me, then I will investigate it then. But a lot of times away energy gets me up out of bed and gets me working on things when I'm, when I'm extremely tired. Away energy can be powerful. It just needs to be monitored to make sure that it's not destroying us from the inside out. And that's where you're going to start asking yourself, who would you be if you did not have this negative thought? How would you feel about yourself if you did not have this negative thought? It is extremely, extremely important when we start to break down these automatic negative thoughts that we realize that there's a reason that they're coming. Mind reading, blaming, labeling, guilt, fortune telling, judgment, shame, anger, self-doubt. They're all stemmed from something. The automatic negative thoughts cannot necessarily kill you in the moment. But if you let enough of them pile up, it'd be like putting your foot down into a, uh, you know, a red ant bed. A couple get on your leg and bite you, no big deal. A thousand of them crawl up your leg and bite you. You could be dealing with some serious problems here. Saying I suck is, a, first of all, where on earth is that, one, let's get past the fact that saying I suck isn't beneficial. Where does that stem from? That sounds like what an eight-year-old Jesse would say to himself, you suck. All right, but where's your factual data that says I really suck? What is sucking but subjective perspective? One person's you suck and another person's I can't believe how far you've come. It's all based on their own subjective perspective. So I want you to be extremely mindful of how this is showing up in your life. We've talked a lot in other episodes about secondary gain. Go back to episode 96. Again, um, Automatic Negative Thoughts, episode 87. Self-talk, episode 74. Toward versus Away, episode 57. Shame, anxiety, negative emotions, episode 31. Hell, all of this can can trace right back to episode 141 of the masks we wear. This cognitive dissonance as episode 134, where who we see in the mirror isn't who we actually want to be. Where we say, you know, like I love animals, but then we go off and eat different animals. Like that's cognitive dissonance. I am working on my sobriety and recovery. Then you look in the mirror and, uh, you know, maybe you're not happy with uh, your physical appearance. Maybe you you look in the mirror and you say, well, I'm still tearing myself down. So I, I don't feel like I'm working on myself enough. Okay, cognitive dissonance showing up, but where have you been working on yourself amazingly well? We want to be mindful of all of these things. And somebody said to me the other day, I just think it sounds exhausting to constantly be self-reflecting upon parts of yourself and trying to improve yourself each and every day. It just sounds exhausting. And I didn't know where to go with that statement. And it branched off into a whole nother place very quickly once that was said. But my mind started wrapping around that. And you know, while I haven't approached this subject again with that person, here's what I'll say about that. I think it would be exhausting not to be reflecting on myself. We rung the bell. We took the blue pill. I'm sure Neo found it exhausting to have to constantly fight those little robot octopuses and been like, man, it'd have been a lot easier if I would just taken the red pill and gone back to eating filet mignon and thinking I was all hunky-dory. But we took the blue pill. You took the blue pill, the moment you started drinking, And back then realizing, wow, this is amazing. This is letting me out of the matrix. And then all of a sudden you took another blue pill and said, now I need sobriety. So it's like you doubled up on the blue pill. And then you've turned on this podcast and you made it to 204 episodes. And now you are all in on the blue pill. That's just the way that it is, baby. Mm, That's just the way it is, baby. I think that's a song. Not sure. Don't care. I sung it for you anyways. We've taken the blue pill, everybody. I don't think it's exhausting to have this kind of level of self-reflection and self-awareness because I feed off of it. To try to turn a blind eye to it would be, honestly, I think it would be more difficult. It would be exasperating. To, To try to push it away and act like it doesn't exist would be silly. To me, that's my own subjective perspective. What yours is is what yours is. You may not do the amount every single day that I seek to do with myself, but there's this part of me that cannot help but think that if I knew there was an answer behind curtain number three and I just stood there on the outside of it and just ignored it and kept trying to go about my life as I always have been, that it would just further piss me off when I finally hit the breaking point, got into the action phase of the, cha- of the change process, pulled back the curtain and was like, son of a bitch. Oh, man, I should have pulled this curtain back two years ago. There's a lot of ways automatic negative thoughts are showing up in your life. And now that you've listened to this episode again, you're absolutely even more aware than you were before. I want you to acknowledge them. I want you to breathe into it. I want you to start looking for resources within yourself that say that it's not true. Really releasing the thought by looking for examples within your own self that say, this is where I've been working toward. Right? We're not the mindless tree. We are the thoughtful, aware human. We are not just allowing branches to grow all willy-nilly for the sake of immediate gratification. We have a purpose for what we are doing, and we are focusing on that purpose. What that purpose is for you is completely your own subjective perspective. I cannot tell you what that purpose is for you. I can give you a ton of information. You will do with it as you please. And then you are going to go off and you're going to align yourself towards the truth you are seeking to believe in today. Saying the opposite of the negative thought, Using a positive affirmation is great. But if you don't take action on that positive affirmation, you cannot lie to your unconscious mind. It is a repository for everything you've ever experienced. If your unconscious mind thinks you're trying to feed it a load of bullshit, it is going to push back. It is going to feed you another automatic negative thought because that's what the ego and the unconscious mind are serving you for dinner, lunch, breakfast, supper, all of the meals, all of the above. It is up to you to strategically begin to shift your mindset. This is what we're talking about when we begin developing our growth mindset. Who we are today is not who we have to be tomorrow. We are not fixed. We are growth. Like the tree, we are reaching for sunshine and we're burrowing out deeper for the water. But we get to do it with thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And that, my friends, is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing that comes from being a human. Is that fact that we have the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious thoughts. Let's make sure that we're directing them toward the version of ourselves we seek to achieve in the future, living in the present, learning from the past. If you are on board for that and you have loved where this podcast episode is gone, I cannot stress enough that you should go to jessymogul.com forward slash ask me, hit me up about learning neuro-linguistic programming. I have been introducing it to you time and time again through 204 episodes. If you love the way that I bring this material to you, if you love the message that it is implanting in your brain and you're loving the results you're getting from taking action on these podcast episodes, you will absolutely love to come behind the scenes, pull back the curtain, and see what is actually pulling the levers, twisting the knobs, and fueling all of this. I assure you, it will only change everything. Hit me up, jessiemogel.com slash ask me and let me know that you want more information and we will make that happen. As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober, especially knowing that St. Paddy's Day just passed us and we all made it through without a hangover. That's a shout out to sunshine. If I've ever heard one, what's that? Glow on. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.